0: This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. Hello and welcome to Talking Travel with Travel World on King. Jane's taken your advice, Sally, and uh, gone travelling somewhere, so you've got me, Graham Wilson, for today. So thanks to Travel World on King. Where are we off to today?
1: Today, I thought I'd just capitalise on a little item that was on the Great Outdoors this week, Graham, that um, Di Smith did on Meteora, which is, um, well, a fascinating area, if you like, north of Delphi in central Greece of people just want to know where it is geographically and you can do some wonderful tours that go to this incredible place and I don't know whether anyone did see it but there's this group of a few monasteries that are perched on these incredibly high pinnacled rocks and you think how do they even ever get up them to build Mm. the monastery on there to start with you know what I mean like it's quite amazing and also um, they've got some wonderful um, examples there of Byzantine art and so on to see so Greece has got a lot to offer. We all know about the islands, and I guess most people think Greek and think islands, but the central part of Greece is very interesting as well. I mean, you've got Delphi, for example, which I have been to, and it's quite fascinating to go to these old ruins, and there's a wonderful tour that does this classical area of Greece, including Meteora, and and apparently even now, the monks, I think, are are not there anymore that used to to live in these um, temples, if you like, or monasteries, but some of them have been converted to like museums of fine art, as I said, and also I think there's actually some nuns now there. They're running them as convents, so it's it's quite an incredible part, and it reminds you, I guess, of if you've ever seen photos of Guilin in China, too, of these you know incredible rock formations that just go straight up, mm. and then you've got this monastery perched on the top, about 400 metres up. So, you know, you think, wow, and it's quite a large area, of Central Greece, and you can go to the Corinth Canal and Mycenae and Epidaurus, and there's so many historical points in there, with which you have got, you know, your old um, beautiful ruins and temples and just, just fascinating part of Greece that you should include, I think, and, and not just the islands when you go to Greece. So mm. just something to think about, I guess, when you're planning a, a Greek adventure that um, you could do a little bit of the classical side as well as the, uh, the beaching, sun-basking side.
0: Sounds very tempting
1: it does sound very tempting, but i, I wouldn 't go there in the summer it 'd be too hot obviously and and winter will a lot of the places don 't operate in the islands, particularly in winter they they close down. so your best time to visit Greece, I guess, is sort of if you went April, May into early June and then leave July and August out of the equation and September, you know, through to October, they're probably your best times to travel. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, Singapore Airlines has this uh, new Airbus, and not only Singapore Airlines is taking them up, are they?
1: No, it's not. They're going to be the launch carrier for this incredible-looking aircraft that we've probably seen, you know, drawings of or images of on TV. It's set to begin flying in November 2006 with Singapore Airlines, um, but apparently Virgin Atlantic um, have six of them on order. And they'll be running um, in for a further six further down the track. Um, So that's interesting. So a lot of people are obviously going to run these aircraft, Uh, a lot of people on board. I don't know what's going to happen with the fares or anything like that. But I was just listening to an interesting article um, yesterday uh, with Newcastle Airport and the growing of air travel um, in this country particularly. I mean, because of fuel costs now, people hop on a plane to go to melbourne why spend 12 to 14 hours or you may be overnight with a hotel and da-da-da-da. so i mean air travel is even if we have fuel increases it's still so cheap comparable say to 10 years ago rata to salary and so on so with these air buses whether we're going to get cheaper airfares who knows yeah, because
0: of the quantity of people and the, the, yeah, uh, the staff costs yeah. and all that should go down
1: well you would think so wouldn't you um and they're all getting into these new big business class beds now too, a lot of them, Virgin Atlantic included, they've got one that has a fully flat bed at 202 centimetres long now, so it you know, covers the tallest of people even. So there's advances being made with aircraft all the time now, hopefully and you know, making it more comfortable for even the economy class traveller. Mm.
0: I don't know if anybody has uh, mooted this yet, but I sort of think, why don't they split the difference between first class and economy fares, it wouldn't end up being a business fare price, and just charge everybody exactly the same and give them all a business class bed.
1: Well, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be li- Especially on your long haul. Oh, yes. I mean, premium economy, a few airlines are introducing this now, as you probably know, like British Airways calls it World Traveller Plus. Air New Zealand has introduced it across the Pacific. Mm. Virgin Atlantic has it as well, out of Hong Kong through to London. And I think that is sort of where you're heading almost in a sense. At least mm. you have a fare there that's somewhere between economy and business, at least. And it's just a small section of the aircraft at this stage. But you're getting the equivalent of an old business class seat, as they used to be, not a bed but But, you know, it's fully reclinable almost, and you can stretch your legs right out. You don't have to have people tripping over you. You've got space. So it is, I think, important, particularly on long-haul routes.
0: You're listening to Talking Travel on 2NURFM. Sally Lucas is here from Travel World on King. Sally, at this time of year, I suppose a few people would be jetting off to Christmas markets, which we traditionally assume would be in Germany.
1: Yes, we do. And... I guess a lot of people do jet off in Australia to Europe at this time of the year because I guess famously or infamously they get longer leave at this time of the year with school holes and unis and... TAFEs and all that sort of thing. So I just want to mention there's a Christmas market in Rome and it's held in the Piazza Navona which is considered one of the most beautiful squares in Rome and apparently they host a traditional Christmas market here each year. Um, It's all decorated with lights and stalls selling Christmas goodies complete with Santa Claus nativity scenes etc and then on the 6th of January they have this uh, special occasion where this um old lady dressed in rags she's supposed to be called Bafana. She comes along to hand out presents and according to the legend she flies a broom <laughs> through Mediterranean Europe and brings sweets and lollies to children who are good during the year and coal to children who behave mischievously. Coal coal. Okay. <laughs> So that's a quite a funny legend. I hadn't heard that before either. But there's various events in and around the square throughout Christmas throughout the Christmas period. And, I mean, kids, you know, can be there just in, in, with the Santa Claus theme and happy wandering around and getting the holiday atmosphere of the market and the sights and the smells and munch on some biscotti maybe and a nice hot drink or a or, you know, there's lots of little Italian delicacies that um, you could have there. And it, maybe it just gives you a break from sort of the hectic Christmas preparations and you can really enjoy this and of course apparently in this particular square or or this market area there's some couple of famous and spectacular fountains called the fountain of the moor and the fountain of neptune so this is just something worthwhile to visit if you're including rome you know in your travels for this winter or this december so it sounded quite interesting
0: what's the temperature like at this time of year for rome
1: well, it's obviously not as cold as northern England. Uh, this, by the way, this market runs from 8th of December through to the 6th of January, so it actually runs up before mm. Christmas, so you could incorporate it there. You're probably getting down to... Oh, just trying to think what it would be. It'd be getting pretty cold, but you, you'd still get days around 10, mm. which is bearable. A nice warm jacket. I mean, inside is always heated, so as long as you've got that nice warm jacket and gloves and a hat for outside and be crisp and...
0: Not like the German markets where you'd almost invariably (laughs) have snow at that time of year. Yes,
1: no, you wouldn't necessarily have snow in Rome, but, I mean, especially in the early parts, and I I don't know whether Rome actually gets snow, growing. I'm not sure whether it does being that far south. I mean, you do, obviously, up in the Italian Alps, but um, I don't think I've ever seen Rome covered in snow, but it may get a dusting now and again.
0: Well, speaking of snow, our next destination sure gets plenty.
1: Oh, yes, the Antarctic. Um, we all know how I felt about that trip, Graham, and it's two years coming up I can't believe it since I've done that trip and it was just absolutely mind-blowingly amazing as I always say but for someone who can't afford maybe to do that trip I just thought I'd mention they do still have those flights down to the Antarctic um, not as many as normal we've only got two this year um, unfortunately Qantas withdrew some of the aircraft that are normally used to do these day trips they're still doing the New Year's Eve one though which is good because then you've got the jazz bands and party and da 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 and they're not because they've withdrawn, withdrawn Sorry, so many aircraft they're not actually Qantas charging surcharge, which they normally did. The New Year's Eve one was dearer. Mm. So in in effect, you can go on that, or there's one on the 18th of February. Um, The one on the New Year's Eve, you actually go overnight and come back the next morning, whereas the 18th of February is just a day trip. Mm -hmm. But of course, there's no real night once you get down to the Antarctic anyway. It's all basically daylight. Um, Midnight sun that time of day. Yeah, and it's interesting. If you buy the cheapest seats in business and economy class, which are in the centre, unfortunately, you don't rotate. But any of the other seating, it's done on a rotational basis so everyone gets a chance to view. So there are st- I checked um, yesterday and there are still some vacancies left on both those departures. So if anyone's really interested... Um, just something special to do if you haven't thought about it, particularly New Year's Eve maybe. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's just a lovely part of the world to visit. How,
0: how long are those flights away for? Um,
1: with the one that goes on New Year's Eve, you actually, it's picking up people in Melbourne on the way through because normally they had some out of Melbourne and some out of Sydney, so this is where they've had to sort of, I guess, r- reduce what they're doing. So it leaves at 2 o'clock from Sydney, picks up at Melbourne, which, you know, it's only about over an hour to fly to Melbourne, so they'll only be on the ground a short time, pick up passengers and continue on, and they'll have to do the same on the way back, obviously, to drive people off and it gets back into sydney at 7am um now the one that goes out of sydney on the 18th of feb it's actually basically 12 hours eight in the morning till 8 30 at night so it's roughly yes with your flying time and then you have time down there but it's it's really quite an incredible thing and yeah it's just something that you could see i know it's not the same probably as what i did but if you can't afford to do that, well, that's your next best thing, I guess. So something you can do there. So, yeah, that's something very different for someone mm. who hasn't thought of what to do for New Year's Eve or even February. Continuing on themes of something different, if you're loaded, and, I mean, there are people out there that are, I'm sure. Newcastle's got some quite wealthy, mm. <laughs> affluent people. There's an incredible cruise on the one of the Windstar cruises, um, a 14-night cruise that's taking in um, the Cannes Film, Film Festival next year and the Monaco Grand Prix wonderful so that would be something quite incredible to do and it's also taking in Saint-Tropez um, Monte Carlo as I said Nice and it goes down to Ponza and Italy Amalfi Sorrento Porto Venere Portofino and back to Nice so it's quite an incredible cruise and it's not as I said it's not inexpensive but for those who really want something different to do I'm just trying to offer someone a little bit different out there today taking um, in
0: the film festival and the uh, yeah,
1: the that's Prix it's quite an incredible combination to have the vessel to be there and experience all mm-hmm. that I mean of course, the Grand Prix, as we know, it's the last real street Grand Prix that, mm. that runs. So it's, it's quite spectacular to see, and it's quite a narrow course, and I think a very difficult course. So it's interesting to watch. And then if you're into the all the, the film thing, you can just do a little bit of, um, I suppose, spying and see yes. who you might spot out there. Yes. You know, the, the pap- follow the paparazzi around, I guess, <laughs> and you'd soon find someone that was famous, maybe having a little cocktail or doing something. So, yeah, always a thrill. Different. Yeah, and if anyone's interested in other areas, I've just found some wonderful tours that do Egypt, um, a nine-day tour, actually, that's from only 4 um, four ninety nine just for the nine days. Of course, your airfare's on top of that. It's including four-star accommodation, two nights on a felucca. It's including uh, Cairo, Aswan, Luxor, train travel back, uh, Cairo Desert Tour, Great Pyramids, all the things you'd want to see, museums in Egypt, temples. So that's a really great um, value for money. That's on the Nile. It's yes, on two nights on the Felucca on the Nile with all meals.
0: Mm. That's and s- the
1: feluccas are a traditional ship, so it's yeah. not your cruise ship, as you know. It's
0: they're sailing boats, aren't they? Yes, they, yeah. yes. they still sail. They don't, yes. they don't have, they're not um, powered so by No, they're angels. sailing
1: boats, yeah. and um, it's, it's just something really different to do. So, yeah, that, I thought that was excellent value for money, and they operate throughout the year on various different departure dates. So, yeah, that's something different to do with Egypt. Mm. And for families now, we've even got... Um, a lot of um, wholesalers are providing um, package holidays for families. So there's one now into India, uh, one doing Rajasthan and one doing Kerala. And so that's uh, packaged specifically for families.
0: And I hear New Zealand's opening up some more wilderness area.
1: New Zealand's really proactive at the moment. They're really trying to encourage people to go for their adventure style of travel, not just the old coach tour style of travel. Mm -hmm. And it's an area called the Lansborough area, and apparently it's virtually untouched and has only been visited by a very privileged few people. And it's out of Queenstown that you do this, and it includes um, rafting, scenic flight up the Lansborough Valley, bushwalking, canyoning etc uh, etc et so it's a three-day package out of queenstown it's 1139 so it isn't it isn't cheap but of course you're doing something that's very very special and it really hasn't been opened up to tourism before mm. so it's quite a unique area um and it's quite remote apparently so you're camping paddling etc and you can add on to that of course with accommodation in queenstown each end
0: queenstown of course one of my favorite places on the entire planet you could do all those upray you know, tough guy sort of things that you do out in the bush and yes. come back and pamper yourself in Queensland. Well, Queenstown's
1: quite a beautiful place to pamper yourself, isn't it? Mm. I mean, even just to sit and look at the beautiful scenery, I mean, it's real picture postcard stuff, isn't mm. it? It's a beautiful part of the world, as you well know.
0: You're listening to Talking Travel with Travel World on King and Sally Lucas with us, Sally, some hot deals.
1: Hot deals, and the first ones are rock bottom deals. Oh. How about that? And it's, we're talking about the big rock, Ayers Rock. Of course, it's summer up there now, and this is when they do have some special deals coming in. But some people still travel up there in summer. It's a different sort of heat. It is a dry heat. It's not like Darwin, where it's a very wet heat. So, so long as you can cope with the heat, it's still where you'll get some great deals at, at this time of the year, going from now, really, through into the end of January. And there's got three nights at ES Rock at the moment from only $235, which is pretty good per person, because being captive area... Ayers Rock as you probably may or may not know that a lot of the accommodation is usually quite expensive so it's, it is offering people a genuine saving to go at that time of the year and you can buy Ayers Rock touring passes to go along with that which for only $177 which gives you freedom to travel without the whole National Park area and do all sorts of things including you know um, Uluru um, itself a sunset tour or to go out to the Olgers, etc so there's lots of options there available. Children by the way this are free as well. so mm-hmm. it means you can take your kids and they eat for free as well. So up to what age is that? Usually um, it would be I would imagine I'm looking for this here. I think it's one child 15 years and under eats free per paying adult at any buffet restaurant. So that's not bad, is it? Mm. So that's, that's good for families anyway. And there's lots of South Pacific uh, specials around at the moment. Mainly these are, some start from now. Just check with us. I won't go through all the dates. But usually these are going into um, February, March next year. Um, Fiji, for example, for the month of February has free meals for the entire stay for the whole month of February. Again, you're going when it's a hotter time of the year, but as I said, this is when you're getting your reduced prices available. Um, the Meridian in Port Vila has got an early bird offer again, so as long as you book before 28 Feb, um, you can travel from 1 April to June and you're getting continental breakfast daily and two half-hour massages and so there's lots of little offers here for most of them including other spots on um, Vanuatu, Norfolk Island and the Cook Islands. And a lot of these have all got offers either including meals or food and beverage credits etc. So just check with us on those and that's with Orient Pacific holidays.
0: You can always pull away over your head or hop in the pool <laughs> if it gets too hot.
1: That's exactly right. Yes. Graeme, there's always ways to keep cool isn't there? Mm-hmm. Star Clippers um, which are beautiful vessels as we said before these very stately looking um, mastered vessels. They're they're actually offering 50% off the Star Flyer at the moment, which is a seven-night cruise that either goes Singapore to Phuket or does a reverse, taking in Thailand and Malaysia and so on. And they've got fa- uh, fares on those for only 13 60 at, which is half price, so that's all your meals for seven nights, port charges, etc. There are only two departures: one's the third, and one's the tenth of December. So it's just for those last-minute travellers looking for something to go. And I just wanted like to mention we we're talking early birds a lot lately because that's obviously what we're all being, you know, hounded with in the marketplace. And there are actually cruise companies, when I say cruise, I mean bareboat boat charter cruise companies, are offering this as well now. And this is a first that I've ever seen with airfares in conjunction. It's usually based, like, on maybe six people sharing cabins or whatever. But there's some fantastic uh, deals here in France, Greece, Croatia, Italy, Turkey, um, with good-sized yachts, you know, 14-days um, bareboat boat charter, just for example, um, in France with airfares, $3,315. So long as you've got, like, three couples going to, to share that cost. And most people who do sail um, in the Mediterranean are going as a group, as a general rule of thumb. We find the most people we've had in our office get together a, a group and do it as a, as a group thing, because they like to know you're in close proximity. Hmm. It's nice to know you, your own crowd. Yes. So that's, that's just something really different with you early birds. What's the <coughs> expression bear boat mean? Bear boat, I don't know why they always call them, bear boat means you're doing it yourself, or... You With a captain and cook, it's not, sort of not bare. You know what I'm saying? So you're doing it yourself if it's a bare boat charter. You're sailing it. Okay. Okay? And you would have to obviously um, get the provisions and all that sort of thing. Gotcha. But that's cheap enough to do. But you can also get, um, if people want it and they're not confident sailing themselves, then it wouldn't be bare boat and then you could get the, the skipper. And um, the only thing is it reduces how many cabins there are because you've got to provide obviously sleeping accommodation for the skipper and the cook. Okay. Um, so it becomes a little bit more expensive, as you can imagine. But bare boat is always cheaper because you're just provisioning and sailing it yourself. So, mm. Mm. so that's what So you have is. to have
0: a few skills uh, as a sailor.
1: You would. I, you wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't personally. I mean, well, I've done bare boat charters a few places now, but um, mainly Australia and New Caledonia. But I. Su- I mean, I know they say you don't need experience. But having done it, I would hate to think if I'd gone up there without any experience. Mm. I mean, my husband doesn't sail regularly, but does. My son has sailed. I have done a sailing course. So we're pretty well a bit familiar, mm. even though we're not doing it every weekend or whatever. But I still think, yes, yeah, some knowledge, at least, at least for one couple yep. to have some knowledge this okay. is the best way to go. Um, Vietnam, there's a great 10-night um, classic Vietnam deal out there at the moment, 1684. It's, this is land only, but there's regular departures from January through to October next year, and basically it's got heaps of inclusions, all breakfasts, a lot of lunches, all sightseeing. Um, we always just put the best airfare with that because some people choose to go with Vietnam Airlines Direct or you can go with cafe. You know, through Hong Kong with Singapore Airlines and so on so there's various different ways you can do that if you want to incorporate other countries and just another little special offer for Europe, just going back to winter which we mentioned earlier, there's a couple of winter departures and also into winter next year even, we've got departures in January and February, still with vacancies mid-January, mid-Feb, the December one's full, it's a 23 day tour which I think looks really good and it's starting in London or you can join it in Paris if you so desire and you're going down all through Switzerland and Italy, Florence, Rome, you know, Milan, Venice, etc. You're doing Germany, Munich, Austria with Vienna. You're going into the Czech Republic with Prague, into Holland, Amsterdam, Paris, of course, Switzerland, Interlaken, and doing some great tours, great inclusions, all breakfasts, Half of the dinners, eleven dinners. So you really only got half your dinners to pay for, and lunches, and most things included. That's um, they're offering a special offer of um, two hundred two thousand rather, nine hundred and seventy-five, which is about two hundred and forty dollars off the regular price. So long as you book by the end of November, though. Mm. And that, I think, is about it for this week.
0: Very good. Thank you, Sally. It's uh, good to hear some of those things. It wets the appetite, you. Uh, it does. Well, w- I hope it the
1: appetite anyway. <laughs> and I hope people will let us know, as we've mentioned before, if there's anything they'd like us to include in the program, to uh, whiz an email off to you, which um, is on your website, I believe. Yes, is it?
0: travel at 2
1: Great, or they can ring us, of course, on Mm 49298699 if if there's anything else you'd like included or you'd like us to talk about.
0: Thank you, Sally. Talking Travel will be back again next week. Thanks to Travel World on King and Sally Lucas here on 2NURFM, Easy 103.7.